You're listening to Real Time. I'm Omega, and I'm your host. Today, I'm sitting down with two-time outgoing delegate, Seraph, or as he's known on the game side, Aragorn. Seraph, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me on. We're happy to have you. Well, Seraph, I'm going to start off um, with the obvious question. We're currently in a delegate election, and you're not running. Um, would you care to explain why you chose not to seek re-election? There's actually quite a lot of reasons. Um, sort of a complicated process. Um, okay. But um, the biggest ones are, I think, having had two terms already, non-consecutively. Um, I, I don't want to feel like I'm hogging the delegate seat and stopping a whole lot of other people who would be really good at doing it from getting their chance to go. Because I know an incumbent tends to have the advantage, and, and that seems a little unfair. And when I ran last time, there were at least a few voices who were grumbling because, you know, me running seemed to automatically mean that other people weren't going to get their chance. And um, I felt a bit bad about that. Um, so that was part of it. Um, the other part is that I've just not been feeling being delegate quite as much this term as last time. And there are a number of different reasons for that. Part of it is the. Um, recent controversy on the R&D that we have occasionally termed Floofgate, um, which I just felt just made me feel tired more than anything else. <laughs> and like I didn't really have anything that I could contribute to to help it. Um, so it was sort of kind of difficult. And I haven't ended up doing a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do as delegate because I've just been tired uh, in real life as well. Um, as yeah. many people are aware, I, I occasionally suffer from anxiety, and that hasn't been good for mm -hmm. some of this term, just like it wasn't good for some of my last term. Uh, <laughs> and um, it just the summer is a good time for a break. Well, I don't think anyone is going to disagree with the good old-fashioned real life always comes first um, philosophy. That I don't think I've ever met anyone in this game who doesn't agree with that. So... I don't think anyone is going to fault you for that. Um, but on the topic of the RMB, um, a popular conversation in the assembly here in South Pacific is always how do we continue to include the game side in what we're doing and how do we continue to involve them in the culture that we have in the region? And the delegate has always played an important role in that. So what would you say are some of the key ways you've seen us be able to reach out to the game side region and how have you been doing that as delegate i think as a region we've had some really good examples in the past of doing it um but it's always been a bit of an uphill struggle um uh, in my time as as mora i i did quite a lot of making sure that that kind of was everything was advertised on the regional message board and we um Try to include them in every activity, and I tried to come up with things to use on the RMB. But it was always it was always kind of difficult to get into the flow of everything else that was going on and actually get what you were saying noticed. Um, and that became more of a difficulty as activity on the RMB became vastly increased. Um, others have done, I think, sometimes more successfully. Um, Somi is a really good example of somebody who when he chooses to focus on the R&B, really does a great job of, of bridging that gap. The same is true of pencil sharpeners. 
um, mm. as people who just do that really well. Um, in my last term as delegate, I was pretty good at making sure I was fairly involved in the R&B and I kept on top of it for most of my term um, until towards the end when I was getting a bit stressed and it was also kind of the beginning of what we now term Bluffgate and it was a little bit off-putting. Um, and I didn't really, it, it came across a lot more sort of naturally and a little bit more harmless when it first came in, even though I had my concerns and it was just a bit like, I don't know where the line is to draw on this. So instead of taking action, I kind of veered away, especially since I was probably at my worst in terms of my anxiety at that time. So it was like, it was just easier to peel off. This yeah. term, I have done my best to like say stuff every day, but I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. heavily involved always um and that's had its positives and negatives um kind of looking forward to seeing what the next person in the role does certainly the campaign has some really promising ideas yeah um i know you've touched a little bit on this about kind of what you've done as delegate but the role itself under south pacific law is not necessarily the most fleshed out and the most specific um so when you serve as delegate, what do you see your role as being beyond just the security aspects of it, which I know a lot of people will definitely say are the most important aspect of the job. Beyond the security aspects, what do you see the job as being? Um, for me, it's primarily involved two things. One is constantly endotarding. Um, <laughs> because I've taken great pride in pushing our endorsement levels up higher and then with the help of SWAN pushing it even higher still. Um, I'm very pleased to be the person currently holding the record for the highest endorsement count in the region ever. Um, that's really cool. I don't think I'll hold on to it long looking at some of the people who are coming to take over from me, but well. I will always remember myself as a pioneer in this regard, so that's cool. Um, the other side of it was always just about being somebody who's approachable, um, somebody that um, new people can, can look up to and ask questions. Um, I try and do my best to answer all the telegrams that I get sent and give little bits of advice or pass them to the right people if they're about things that aren't really my jurisdiction. Um, and um, yeah, in keeping even the smallest presence on the regional message board, it's, it's just trying to make sure that, you know, people know that I am there and that they can talk to me. Um, in both of my campaigns, I kind of had a pastoral care element, um, which has never quite worked out the way I wanted it to. Um, but it was important for me to make it clear that, you know, when I'm in that kind of position, as a figurehead position for the region, one of the things that I can serve as is uh, somebody to talk to about whatever issues people might actually have. Um, yeah. And I think it's really important that people at least know that that's there. I have been working this term on trying to do a South Pacific specific um, uh, dispatch on uh, mental health and what kind of resources there are for that. Because I know an mm -hmm. awful lot of people that I encountered on it have various mental health issues. Um, and sometimes aren't always aware of the support that they can get for that. Um, yeah. But I haven't managed to finish it. So despite the length of my term and it being in my promises, it's still sitting there half done, unfortunately. But um, maybe, maybe I'll get it finished after I'm a delegate and somebody might still pin it for, to the region for me, who knows. 
So you'd say that definitely part of the role of delegate is in mentoring the newer players and just providing a support network for them once they start the game, yes? Um, it can be. I mean, that's, that's how I wanted it to be mm -hmm. and how I did it. If somebody else took a different tack, that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. As you pointed out, it, it's not a very fully defined role other than the absolute basics of what it needs to be. Um, and I think that gives people a lot of freedom to make the delegacy what they want it to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll say to that point, you're definitely not the first delegate I've experienced who's done that. I know when I first came into the region, um, Tsunami was delegate, and they did a terrific job in helping me become more comfortable in the region. So I definitely agree with you that that is definitely a part of the job that would be important. Um, let's move on um, a little bit away from this topic. Um, let's talk a little bit about culture. So the delegate being the figurehead of the region does have a little bit of sway in what the culture of the region looks like. So before we talk about that aspect of it, what would you say South Pacific culture is? Um, in some respects, it's hard to define. And I think that's true of an awful lot of NS community culture because in so many ways they can seem similar. But at the same time, there are clear elements that kind of come through and which have been the reasons, reasons why I've stuck here the whole time. Um, there's a tendency for it to be friendly and welcoming. Um, we have a real focus on a lot of positive values um, like democracy and people's rights and um, uh, we tend to be, on on the whole, a fairly progressive uh, group. Mm -hmm. I know that real-world politics don't necessarily come into NS all that much, but I, it, it would be hard to deny that the kind of front-facing element of the South Pacific and how we do deal with things tends to be quite progressive, um, and, uh, and that always, always appealed to me. Um, yeah. We enjoy fun and silliness um, and all of our various little... Um, what you might describe as the sort of decoration or costuming of the region, which is entirely aesthetic, doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's fun, and um, and I think people enjoy getting on board with it. So I think that's always cool. Uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about this delegate election that's happening right now. Um, we're seeing some really great campaigns come out. We're seeing um, a lot of really responsive candidates. We're seeing the region really take hold of the process and be asking important questions of the candidates. Um, so while I won't ask who you would support, um, what I am going to ask is what are you looking for in the next, uh, in your successor? Um, I'd really like to see somebody who takes the progress that we've made on endorsement counts and SWAN and all of that even further. Um, I'd really like to see somebody who is able to live up to the promises that I never was. Um, so somebody who is actually able to be a really good leader for the game side and has a really strong relationship with the local council um, and actually use that to build the idea of what our local council and government can be. So I think the delegate has the opportunity to be uh, a stronger continuity element because of their longer term um, mm -hmm. to, to kind of hold that kind of 
idea of what the LC should be together, because at the moment the LC can vary so considerably from term to term. Um, it would be nice if the delegate could serve as a bit of a backbone to that and and just shape things a little bit more. I, I don't want to see a delegate who's overbearing in that regard necessarily, but at least serves as a kind of supportive leadership for that. Right, so almost a delegate who's there to help the local council, to empower the lo local council, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it is in the charter that the delegate is, is a, um, is, is meant to be a leader for the game side, the government side, so mm -hmm. it's, it's in there, but I don't think we've really capitalized on it much, and, and it's something I wanted to do, but I, I found it a struggle, to be honest, so yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping to see that somebody following me is able to take that to, to a new level. Now you continue to touch on SWAN. Um, I know that's definitely been a big initiative. I believe in the last six months to a year. If I'm not uh, it's mistaken. about a year old, but coming up to its anniversary. Well, y'all gotta stop doing stuff while I'm away. Um, but I'll, it's definitely been one of the biggest initiatives in the South Pacific within the last year. Um, what do you credit the success of SWAN with? Why why have we been able to be so successful with SWAN? As much as I would like to take heaps of credit, because I thought of the name and um, I was doing all my endotarding with Delegate then and now, um, it, it's blatantly USO Vietnam's software works. <laughs> the fact they put in so much time and effort to get a system that actually works and which um, draws people into it. Um, he'll be the first to admit that there are room for improvement, but I mean, I can't speak on that because... I couldn't do any of it. Um, lit literally, the giving it a name was probably the most productive thing I was capable of adding to it, really. But I do think there needs to be some amount of credit given to not just yourself, but also um, the entire regional government, definitely for the like way that people have really seized a hold of Swan and really made Indo-Tarding uh, big part of their game side experience here in the South Pacific. Yeah, uh, there's room for more of that, I think, but there are quite a few figures who um, saw the potential of Swan early on and leapt on board it and promoted it. Um, you've got Somi's um, artwork and stuff that he's used to help um, add to our dispatches and make it look better, and just as much of that, he's made sure that uh, when he is um, WA locked, he is um, endotarding like mad and, and really taking part of the system and setting an example, which is really good. Um, same is true of a whole lot of other people who, in fact, often people who are in SPSF um, are some of the best examples when they're not way on mission. Um, it's, uh, it would be nice to see some other figures taking on more of that, some of our older uh, players or more assembly-focused people being willing to do that. Uh, I do appreciate that um, endotarding can sometimes be quite tedious, especially if you're mm -hmm. doing it a large region from scratch. It's actually, once you've covered the basics, it's really easy to stay on top of. You're talking like five minutes a day at most and like spread out in like a couple of seconds bursts. So um, it would be good to see some people get over the hump and then actually go on to that because we could... Um, we want to beat TNP one day. We want to beat them. Well, we love them. We want to beat them. 
you'll be disappointed. Like, like I haven't yet gotten over that hump. Um, don't worry, work in progress. It's on the list, right? <laughs> um, so let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the security role of the delegate. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you and I were both around for the Highville coup, correct? Uh, no, I um, I only came into the game just as the glorious 2016 general, uh, sorry, Great Council was um, oh. taking over. So um, that was yeah. an interesting yeah. introduction to the forums and to uh, forum side politics was to suddenly wade through the threads for the, the GC and go, oh, good grief, what is all this? Yes. Um, but no, I, I, I missed the, the actual coup. Okay. And much of its aftermath. Okay. So you certainly remember the Lazarus coup um, of a couple of years back. I believe that was 2017, 2018. Um, but I definitely know we have a lot more newer players who are constantly coming into the game who haven't necessarily seen a coup. So as delegate, how do you kind of reach out to those people and make sure they understand the security ramifications of your role. Um, it's something, sorry to sound really repetitive, but it's something that we've actually kind of tried to hardwire into Swan, um, because mm -hmm. whilst we've made Swan something that's got, you know, it's fun, there are awards and so on, and that's to keep people interested and engaged, it's very clear from both the initial dispatch that I created before Swan actually got fully going, and also the stuff that that um, uh, Viet has um, has produced, that we, we we explain what the actual points of endorsements are and what influence is, and all that information is there. And it's something that you know we point to people when they ask those questions in the RMB um, and 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 on Discord as well, just yeah, so that they can actually understand there is a reason behind why we do this and we actually care about it. Um, yeah. and it's not it's not just frivolous button pushing. Um, um, that's about it at the moment. It's just kind of engaging with people where they are and making sure that we have the resources to explain stuff uh, when they need it or as they explore. I'm hoping to see when we get the uh, Ministry of Regional Affairs dispatch project up and running, then that'll have a bigger kind of backbone for explaining a whole load of stuff when people want to look it up and, and connect all of that. And again, that's all pretty much Viet's amazing work. So um, why isn't he delegate? I don't know. <laughs> He's not running, right? That wasn't an endorsement. <laughs> He's not running, no. He has, right. has never run for delegate, I don't think. But he, he, he will do one day, and he'll be great at it. Well, definitely something to stick around and look forward to. Um, for all of us, I know. Um, so you keep mentioning RA. Um, I don't think everyone knows necessarily that you were once a Minister of Regional Affairs. Um, mm. And I definitely know that writing has always had a soft spot um, for you. So as you're leaving the delegate role, do you perhaps see yourself becoming a little bit more active in uh, South Pacific media, writing, um, you see any of that in the cards for you as you leave this role? Um, it's certainly something I would like to do. Um, I have found writing to be something really difficult over the last couple of years. Um, uh, and partly, I guess, tied in with a mental health kind of thing and, and things to be moved across country. 
um, it's just been hard to find the time for a lot of things or and the energy. Um, and I don't know if that's likely to improve, but it's one of the reasons why I'm deliberately not planning to go into something else straight after the delegacy. It's like I want to take a seat back and like just be as average South Pacifican for a while. Well, as much as you can be when you've got appointed positions that linger on in the background anyway. But um, that that's right. kind of that's kind of that goal. I would really like to write more uh, generally. I would really like to revive um, the Silicon Pens, which is my South Pacific and writing group. Um, but we hardly do anything, so it's really hard to get that ball rolling. Um, I have enjoyed um, the article that Amerian commissioned from me um, for uh, on the Church of the South Pacific stuff um, for the Coconut Press, and I'd like to continue doing that. Um, yeah. that that's been something worthwhile. Um, and yeah, it's kind of seeing where the opportunities are. I've already committed to, to be an editor for the um, Treasure Island report again. Um, just trying to make sure that I actually can find the time and energy again. Um, I'm just I'm I'm hoping that it'll it'll work out. Um, the other thing that I'm kind of moving into, or hoping to put more time into anyway, once I stop being delegate, um, which also relates to writing, but doesn't directly relate to the South Pacific, um, is that I'm trying to start off my own RP region. Ah. Uh, which is a. Uh, it's designed to be set in a kind of grimy fantasy um, uh, character RP thing set in a, a fictional city. Um, and I've got a few other people on board and we're kind of playing about with world building ideas at the moment, but we are literally doing like one small thing every couple of weeks at the moment. It's really, really spread out and not like a hive of activity, but there are exciting ideas and possibilities. And I think hopefully when I'm, maybe settled down a bit out of the delegacy, I can focus on that a bit more. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. Well, speaking as someone who has done a lot of role play, um, I definitely know that that is definitely a very fun aspect of the game. And I think you might agree with this. I think it's one that gets lost um, between all the gameplay kind of politicking that we all do. I think sometimes just the fun of this game sometimes gets lost on people. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't been role-playing properly in TSP for nearly a year. I think I did dabble a bit late last year again, but it's been something I've been pretty much out of. Um, and again, that was a kind of energy and enthusiasm thing. Yeah. But, but part of it was... Um, <clears throat> sorry. Part of it was um, just realizing that what I really wanted to devote my energies to wasn't necessarily in the nation RP kind of stuff that we had going. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd been trying to work out what to do about that. And this is sort of my answer is to try and have a my own region that's dedicated to the kind of RP I hope I would like to do. <laughs> we, we'll see how that works out. Well, if it means that you get to be delegate in another region, I don't think anyone's going to be opposed to that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think no, I'll just... Have to move your <laughs> WA. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh boy, I'll I'll just be a founder. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Being a founder is fun. <laughs> Being a founder is fun. power. <laughs> as long as I remember to log into that nation every now and again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, 
that's the last thing we need is sending in the special forces to go and liberate your own region. We shall, we shall see. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, um, every raider who's going to listen to this just heard that. It was like, oh. Uh, um, so you're now on their radar. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um, I, I trust in the ability of the SPSF to keep me safe. So, kind of wrapping this up, I've got just a couple more things for you. Um, and these are kind of going to be really big picture things. Um, what mm -hmm. do you see as being the South Pacific's greatest strength? Um, I think primarily it's, it's those culture things that I was talking about. Um, um, I was thinking about it recently, um, particularly with some of the stuff that we are seeing in the East Pacific at the moment. Um, and I was just thinking about how all of the Pacifics have really distinct elements to them, and that we're none of us like exactly alike. We may get on really well with the North Pacific and, and have really good connections with them, um, and we share a lot of values with them, but at the same time, there's something fundamentally different about the two regions. Um, I, I was ambassador to the North Pacific for a while, and I really enjoyed that, but it was clear that it was not the South Pacific. It's very different somehow. Um, and I think it's that those those things that make us unique that are ultimately what what is our strongest element as well. Because they're as long as we keep to them and we don't stray too far from them in any of the changes. And I know culture evolves, but um, I think they're kind of ultimately what kind of hold us together and. Um, if we don't lose sight of that, we're in a pretty decent place. All right. So in the United States, um, there's a tradition where the president of the United States leaves a letter to his successor in the president's desk in the Oval Office on their last day in office. So if you were to leave a letter to whoever succeeded you, what kind of advice would you give them in that letter? Um, probably I'd say have fun, be kind, and whatever you do, don't push the red button. <laughs> um, I'm thinking if the red button is the banjack button, yes? Um, well, obviously there are situations in which one does put that, so um, well. in this instance the red button is hypothetically the coup button, if you want to call it <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, we... <laughs> We'd all appreciate it here in the Ministry of Regional Affairs if you did not overthrow our ministry. Um, yeah. Um, so finally, um, this is going to be the last question I've got for you. Mm -hmm. What do you hope the people of the South Pacific remember about your time as delegate? Um. Uh, two things, I guess. Um, my endorsement count pioneering. Seriously, I'm really proud of that. Um, and, um, and this is going to sound really lame, I guess, but it just that, you know, I was a pretty nice guy. <laughs> that would be fine. Uh, well, speaking for myself, I think the nice guy aspect 
of you um, and the fact that you really are a gentleman will not be lost on myself at least. And I hope I speak for the rest of the region in saying that. Um, and so Sarah, uh, thank you so very much for joining us here on our inaugural episode of the revamped uh, Real Time. It's been a pleasure. And for Real Time, my name is Omega. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in again. Thank you.